strategist Larry Shackman, a top producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA, Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the January 31st edition, hump day version of the real estate radio show podcast. We're going to be joined in a second here by Dylan Kramer and uh, my partner and the only mortgage broker you'll ever need. So uh, today we're going to be talking about something that is probably the most important thing you want to consider or one of the most important things you want to consider when you put your house on the market. And that is pricing your home correctly. You really, really need to keep the things we're going to talk about today top of mind when you price your home for sale, especially going into this spring selling market. I'm crossing my fingers because everything's changed in real estate. You know, it's not the spring selling market may now be the summer selling market and the winter market might be hotter than the uh, spring market. So we don't really know, but uh, it looks like with interest rates and everything else going the way they are, there's a lot of buyer demand out there. There's more properties coming on the market, but more are going under contract quicker as well. So inventory is not being affected that much. Having said all that, I am going to bring the man of the hour on. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, man. What's up? Another day in paradise, rolling along, doing my thing. You getting ready for your, uh, getting ready for the, the rehab there, wherever you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to physical therapy for my knee in a few minutes. So yeah. I, uh, still glad to check in. I don't want to spend a lot of time dwelling on my knee injury. Uh, but I appreciate your, uh, goodwill and good wishes on it because yeah. it's been, well, listen, uh, an we unpleasant, every, we hope an unpleasant 10 days. Yeah. You know, knees are not great when they don't work. They're not fun. Um, I do not recommend it. <laughs> so, uh, and Dylan is a ref. He refs soccer. He refs basketball. He refs what? I don't know. He refs everything. So he's running yeah, up and sure. down courts and, you know, it's a lot of trying wear and tear on your thirty. Knees, trying to keep up with kids 30 years younger than me. It's not. Yeah. And you do well. Successfully you navigate do. every day. Yeah. <laughs> You do well, man. Listen, you keep up with a college student, so you can do that, right? Keeps you, you know what? It keeps you from getting heavy. So you got to get your <laughs> exercise some way, somehow. So uh, today we're going to talk about um, what are the things that sellers want to keep in mind when they list their home for sale, whether they're selling it on their own as a for sale by owner, or whether you're working with an agent that you know, like, and trust been referred to, or have worked with in the right. past, whatever. Um, these are the things that really, really are important to keep top of mind when you're listing your home for sale, or you could very easily leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table. So that's one of the reasons I always say it's important to work with a real Absolutely. estate agent that's also a pricing agent. So that-, that I, I didn't know that that was really a, a, a different thing, a pricing agent. Well, not all real estate agents are built the same, dude. So <laughs> yeah, you well, want to work- that, that I knew. Yeah, you want to work with a real estate agent that really, really gets- price your home, how to evaluate the market, and uh, how to price it compellingly to get a lot of people interested. So having said that, give me some of your thoughts on that, Dylan, just in terms of, uh, you know, pricing, how that affects buyers. 
You know, Larry, at the end of the day, I think we all let me let me tell you a story of, from my own experience, although it probably goes back 20 years at this point. So um, it, it, but it's about pricing your house right. Right. And so the agent I was using to represent my house at the time, for the record, we hadn't even met yet. Um, the the agent I was using at that time recommended that I sell this house for five hundred twenty nine thousand nine hundred. Now, I was pretty sure the house wasn't worth more than five hundred. But she was like, ah, it's aggressive. It was new construction a few years ago, you know, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I was moving into another house that was going to have a substantially larger mortgage, right? My mortgage might have been 285-ish or something at the time. Right. And so, you know, we sat on the market and we sat and sat. We probably sat for the better part of 45 plus days. Now I'm 45 days out from my closing um, on this new construction place. And so we all kind of knew we were going to turn around and settle it in 500. So I get the first and only offer on the house and I'm sucking wind after 45 days. And it might, we might've dropped from 529 to 519. And the offer comes in and they're like, well, we got a house to sell too. And, uh, you know, I live in Elmhurst and these were people who were living just east of Elmhurst. Um, I don't remember if it was North Lake or Miles Park or whatever it was. Um, but I was signing up for a mortgage payment at about 3,500 a month. And, and the place that I was selling was 1,700 or $1,800 a month. So um, substantially higher. Substantially higher. And so after a couple of days of back and forth in the negotiations, I was like, you know, why don't we turn around and just say to them this? Because I found out, I asked a couple of questions and I found out their current mortgage was like $612. So I was like, what if they buy non-contingent and qualify and carry both houses? Because then they got to carry an extra 600, but I got to carry an extra 3,500 on the new place, right? Right. And I said, but they got to do it and they got to close in 30 days and they 100% can have it for 500,000. Otherwise, I don't care. Like we're not going to do it. And my agent said, yeah, that's kind of the number I've been thinking the whole time. Well, if we were thinking 500 the whole time, why are we stretching for 60 days and stressing me out about can we sell? Can we not sell? Can we get this done? What's it going to look like? Um, and going through all these histrionics of not getting offers, lots of showings, right? Like we and my kids were small at that point. Actually, my kid was small at that point in my time, my older one. Um, was an infant and the other one hadn't even been born yet. And so uh, the thing is that there was this whole stress around selling the house, the, the, the mechanics of being in the house sale process, right? Keeping it clean, oh, yeah. keeping it ready, show ready. Um, you know, this is way before Zillow was entrenched, right? So everybody had to come see the house. So yeah. we were like grabbing the infant and chasing out. And we, of course, have infant stuff everywhere in the house. And it just created a real horror story of 60 days of chaos of being overpriced. And when we just said, look, this is what we recognize the market's at. Will you play ball to the buyer? They're like, oh yeah, no problem. Done. We, and we put the deal together in 12 hours, right? Like, right. like we said, hey, let's, let's go to 500. Tell them they got to take, you know, take it non-contingent and let's go. And it was done in 12 hours. And so right. my point is, my thoughts on pricing, when I, when I talk to you or to borrowers who are in the process of putting one house on the market to get the other one, there's no situation in which I speak where I don't have this experience kind of frame the conversation, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And I'll tell you, you know, we talked about this a little bit our last show Saturday uh, and remember, guys, we broadcast live Saturday from the studios of WCPT, 820 a.m. every Saturday at uh, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can call in there. And by the way, you can drop comments here as well, and we can uh, respond to those in real time. Um, it's, you know, we mentioned last Saturday how the conventional wisdom with sellers 
not necessarily mm -hmm. real estate agents, not necessarily right. brokers that have been doing this forever that know better, yeah. but the conventional then, wisdom with many sellers is start high. You can always come down. The reality of it is, is you learned that lesson, unfortunately, in real time, in real sure. life. It is a bad look. It's a really bad look. Well, and, and and Larry, I think when you say it's a bad look, that's kind of pejorative. Like, well, coming and, down in I price, because I think that some people will turn around and take that as, well, I don't care if I look bad as long as I get the money. And it's not that. It's you ain't gonna sell. The number that you're gonna sell at is the number, and rare rare is the occasion where you're like, oh, we sold for $50,000 more than we ever intended. Even the last couple of years with all the bidding wars, when there's not enough inventory like there is now, we all know where the house is going to end up. Now, the, the the tables have turned a little bit, right? So now if you've got a house that's going to sell for 500, on one level, I'd be like, ah, put it on at 475. You might get eight people bidding it up to 510 or 520 and oversell a little bit. But if you put right. it on at 530, everybody's going to look at it on Zillow and go, that's ah, overpriced and nobody's going to come look at it in person. And certainly nobody's going to offer on it. Yeah. So you hit on the key thing when it comes to pricing your home. The more people you get interested in your home, take notes on this. The more people you get interested in your home from the get-go, when you first come on the market, typically the higher price you're going to get for your home because there's a very good chance that you're going to get multiple people interested in your house and putting offers on your house. And there's a very good chance you're going to go over your initial asking price if you've priced it correctly. So you, I, I call it pricing it compellingly, right? So, right. and the way to do that is not to price it as high as you think you want it and what you'd like to get because you have to pay capital gains or blah, blah, blah. Or Nobody cares about any of that. All they care about is getting a fair deal and deals don't come together unless right. both parties feel like they're getting a fair deal. Am I right? Well, not only a fair deal, but I would argue, Larry, on some levels, there's an element of everybody kind of holds their nose a little bit and it's like you ever see seinfeld you know going back on a dated reference and you're like all right and and everybody's got that sort of vibe right all right we'll do it here we'll do it at this yeah. number it doesn't matter what the number is all right 300 all right 550 whatever the number is but both people in the negotiations or both parties have to kind of have that same feeling like all right I, i'll do it there i don't yeah. love it but yeah, I like and, it enough. And it doesn't have to be an all right like that, because I'll tell you why. <clears throat> if you price your home correctly, you are not going to ever get, you're not going to walk into those all right, I'll do it moments. You're going to, everyone's going to be happy with the deal. Everyone is going to feel good about the deal right. if you price it correctly, even if they have to go over your list price because they're in a multiple offer uh, situation, they're still going to feel good about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, pricing your home correctly the first time is critical and you only get one shot at doing that. And if you don't, you're going to find yourself like what happened to Dylan, uh, several years ago when he knew in his own mind that we should be around 500 or maybe even a little lower to get more people interested in it right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, I thought that, look, Larry, I always kind of thought the selling number on that particular piece of property was 500 kind of going into it, but I took the optimistic and, and look, some agents are like, Oh, let's reach for the stars and see how it goes. Um, and, and I get that, right? Like you're the, you're the type of pro that's more in the camp of, I'm here to get this done for you at a fair price, as opposed to like, do you want to sell or do you just want to go on the market? Which is a little bit cliche. Well, I want to, I want to correct you for a, 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 real quickly. Okay. So my strategy is to get as many people interested in it as possible from the get-go 
while pricing it competitively, which means either at market value or maybe even a little bit below market right. value. And because, again, the more people you get interested, the more likely you're actually going to go over your list price. Yeah, well, and, and the worst thing is that you start talking yourself into some into some numbers. You know, I remember now a lot of this conversation, as I'm recalling it, I haven't thought about this particular experience in a long time. Um, but one of the things, Larry, that I remember having with the woman who represented us on that piece of property is we were like, well, we think it's going to be 500. Maybe we ask 509. And she's like, well, you know, good market, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe we reach a little for 519 or 529.9. Like, let's do that. And at the end of the day, you know, as soon as you go over 500, you're, you're in a situation where you're like, not now, now it's not coming up on the searches or the parameters and, and and less people are interested in the property. And it doesn't compare um, favorably to the homes and, that are priced yeah. at five. And, and so it cr creates a whole thing. So it's like even that. And, and here's the other thing I want to stress from a mortgage standpoint, because it's always near and dear to my heart. Um, when you list it at 5099, the difference between listing it at that and 499, you're like, I need that 10 grand for my next house. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I would argue this, if you're not gonna get it anyway, holding out for that $10,000 at today's mortgage rates, six and a half, it's about $68, $70 a month. Like I understand you wanna turn around and get your next house and get as much money as possible, but mm -hmm. you could sell today or in two weeks and close in 30 days and be out by mid-March, of this piece of property, or you could stay for six more months and make a mortgage payment every month. And that's right. $70 on a monthly payment basis, you're never gonna worry about once you're in your next property or exactly. once you move to Florida or whatever <laughs> your agenda is, the $10,000 price cut when it's out there is less than $70 a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, guys, remember, you can follow us, by the way, on uh, – where can they follow us, Dylan? They can follow us on uh, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can subscribe and listen to all of our future or past podcasts, and we're always streaming live at the Real Estate Radio Show Podcast Group on Facebook. And on Saturdays, we're also streaming at 820 am wcpt on facebook so um you know how you get to that 529 dylan tell me you price it at 499 yeah and you I get three right. and you get three people interested uh you get three people interested that uh are putting offers on the property and you got a way better chance of getting a 519 or 529 that way than you do pricing it at 529 when you know in your heart it's a $500,000 house. I, I completely agree. And a lot, of, a lot of brokers play that game. A lot of brokers play this game where, well, let's, let's list it at, I've lost listings because of this. Let's let's list it at 539 and see what happens. And the seller's like, oh, awesome. You know, yeah, let's do that. Let's try that. It's never going to work. You're wasting your time. The longer you're on right. the market, the farther away you get from your list price. And it's it's just a tried and true rule every single time. You overprice your home, you're going to linger on the market. And it's a really bad look because when you start dropping your price, uh, when you start adjusting your price, I like to call it, I hate dropping right. your price, but when you start adjusting your price, um, you uh, buyers start, the wheels start turning in their heads and they start talking to those voices in their heads about what's wrong with this house. Why are they dropping the price? Why has it not sold? It looks like a really nice house, but it's been on the market for 45 days. Uh, what's up? You know, right. And sure. the only thing that's up is you overprice the house. If you price it right the first time, you're going to really see much better results.
you just you just are. Um, listen, I know you have to go get your knee uh, massaged and work. Man, got to do the work, baby. Yeah, I'll tell you. Good luck, man, because it's never fun with a knee. But I know you're going to do well. I appreciate it, man. All right, talk I'll to see you later. Saturday, on Saturday morning, live on WCPT. See you then, bud. All right, good luck today. I'll talk to you later. All right, everybody. That was Dylan Kramer, my partner and my cohort on the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. Again, remember that you can follow us on Facebook at our group, the Real Estate Radio Show podcast group. And on Saturdays when we broadcast live from WCPT, of course, you can listen to us on 820 AM if you're in the Chicago market. We kind of bleed into some of the other states around us, but basically we're smack dab in the Chicago market, cover the whole Chicago metro area. And uh, having said all that, I want to uh, jump into the top 10 things that you want to really, really keep top of mind when you are pricing your home to sell. Because if you don't, you're likely to leave, like I said, tens of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars on the table. And either way, that's not good. So recently I wrote a book called The Top Tens of Real Estate, 32 top 10 real estate lists that are proven to max out your profit when you're selling, buying, or investing, but particularly when you're selling, uh, but also when you're buying, because uh, you know the better price you can get, the better ways that you can negotiate to get that price is means more equity for you in the future. Uh, remember, real estate almost always goes up. So what you buy that house for. Uh, that's going to depend on where your equity is going to be 10, 15 years from now, uh, just in terms of your starting point, what you bought it for. So um, there's a lot of great chapters in this book, but chapter 12 specifically is going to, uh, and I'm going to go right to that slide right now. Chapter 12 is specifically going to talk about uh, the top 10 things, actually it's the top 10 plus one things you should pay really close attention to when pricing your home. And these things really, if you're selling your home on your own, or if you're selling it with an agent, whether it's you or your agent, these are the things that you want to really, really keep top of mind. Uh, for a lot of reasons. And then we'll get into what happens real quickly if you don't follow these things and if you don't price your home correctly and you do overprice it. So these are really in no particular order, but they're all equally important. So let's start. Number one is market conditions. Okay. So you or your agent, you really want to know the current state of the housing market. And I think mo most importantly, what what plays in uh, your pricing is or one of the things that plays big time in the way you're going to price your home is supply and demand. Right now, we have limited inventory, even as more properties are coming on the market more. Like I said earlier, more properties are are coming under contract just in the last week, we had an 8.3% rise in properties that went pending. In other words, they're under contract and they're pending attorney a review and inspection um, or some other contingency, but typically attorney review and inspection. So we had an 8.3 rise. So even if more properties come on the market, if more come under contract that still leaves us with a very slim inventory. So supply and demand is something you really, really want to consider uh, really, really important to do that simply because that's what drives every market, the housing market, the automobile market, the used car market, the anything market. That's what drives the price of the product, supply and demand. So either you or your agent really, really need to know 
what is the current state of the market in terms of supply and demand? And right now we know it's, you know, there's not a lot of inventory on the market. Rates have gone down. So buyer demand is still very high. And with still limited inventory, buyers are still kind of in control as long as they do the right things. And one of them, of course, is pricing your home properly. Because uh, keep this in mind, supply and demand goes out the window if you overprice your home. It, none of these things matter if you overprice your home. Um, so that is just a critical mistake to make. Uh, number two is location. So the location of your home, you know, whether you live in the city of Chicago or some other big metropolitan area, or whether you live in a suburb, the pricing of your home is going to very strongly be attached to the location of your home. So for instance, like in the city, the difference between, uh, you know, Bucktown and, uh, and, uh, Inglewood or the difference between, you know, any, any two neighborhoods in the city, they could literally be backed up against one another, uh, East Lakeview and, uh, you know, another close by neighborhood could have completely different price points just because they're more sought after and different types of homes, things like that. Um, so, Location is super, super important, and it's also important in terms of how close you are to the amenities in the area. So are you close to major expressways? Are you close to the blue line? Are you close to, you know, wherever you're living, whatever that train station is called? Um, where Where are you located in relation to these amenities, including like, you know, things like forest preserves and uh, things you can do with the family. How far are you from, are you, are you in a feeder city that feeds into a big metropolitan area? So location is everything. That's why you always hear location, location, location. Um, the big secret in real estate, I, I was a huge, it's not really a secret. I was a, a very, uh, large REO agent in terms of the amount of properties I sold for servicers like Fannie Mae and others. Um, what I found out is it really doesn't matter what condition your house is in as long as you price it correctly. So keep that in mind. Price is king and it will either cause you to get the highest price possible for your home or you will struggle to sell your home based on how you price it when you first come on the market. So number three is the size of your home and the features in your home. So if you're pricing your home at $530,000, excuse me, <clears throat> If you're pricing your home at $537,000 and $530,000 and all the homes in that price range have master bedrooms that are 25 by 40 and your master bedroom is 15 by uh, 15 by 25 and your basement isn't finished when most of those other homes that are selling in that price mint in that price range, the basement is finished. Um, you're going, you're not going to compare favorably to the other homes in that price range. So size and features matter. Number of bedrooms, number of baths, uh, uh, you know, how updated is your home? Is the basement finished? What type of heating? What type of, uh, you know, are you on a well and septic? Are you that, you know, that's not huge. You know, people either love that or hate that in terms of well and septic or city water. But uh, that could be very, you know, just based on the individual buying your home. If they're used to well and septic, it's not really going to matter. But Size and features matter. So square footage of your home. You know, if you're pricing your home at $530,000 and most of the homes in your immediate area that others are going to use as comps, 
Uh, if your home is 2,500 square feet and these other homes priced at 530 are uh, 3,000 or 3,200 square feet, you're not going to compare favorably to their homes, those homes, and it's going to hurt you and you're going to linger on the market. And I'll tell you exactly what happens when you linger on the market a little bit down the line in this uh in this podcast. So number four is we talked about that a little bit in terms of updating, but the condition of your home. I, one of the things that I suggest to all the sellers I work with is think about maybe getting a pre listing home inspection. And you could reach out to my buddy, BJ Pasnecki. He has uh, Inspect and Check, is a very well-known uh, inspection company in the Chicagoland area. And BJ does a great job. Uh, here's why I suggest to sellers to get a pre-listing home inspection. You're going to find out every little thing about your home, which incidentally, you're going to find that out one way or another, whether you do the inspection or whether when the buyer does their inspection. Um, so better you find out first, minimize those, those deficiencies as much as you can so that when that sell buyer does their home inspection, those things aren't even going to come up. So, uh, you know, that is a very critical thing to consider. And that is do a pre-listing home inspection. Find out what's up with your home. Fix all of those things. And that's one of the ways you could really max out your price. So that's that's important as well. Uh, so condition, keep that in mind, uh, you know, painting a front door. The first thing people see when they walk up to your house is your front door. You want that front door to look pristine. You want that entryway walking into your house to look absolutely pristine because that's what's going to give them that first initial feeling of warmth and, you know, make your home feel inviting. So uh, keep that in mind. The condition of your home, obviously super important uh, when pricing your home. Okay, so here's another one. Now, if you're selling your home on your own, you're going to have to dive deep and find out what the recent sales are in your immediate area. So if you're living in a subdivision, you're going to want to know what's going on in the last three to six months in that subdivision, what's sold, how long did it take it? How long did it take those houses to sell? What did they sell for? What were they originally listed at? Did they go through any price adjustments? Uh, what was special about those homes? You want to really nail down the, um, the recent comps. And by that, I mean, typically in the last three months, if there hasn't been a lot of sales in your area, you can go back six months or you can go out a little bit farther. You know, uh, uh, appraisers typically will not go out more than a mile from your home. And if you're in a subdivision, they're going to try and stick right to that subdivision. The city's a little bit different. But typically, that's what appraisers are going to do. They're going to stay within a mile or less of your home. Uh, they're not going to go out two to four miles to just to find a price that matches whatever it is you'd like to get. Uh, so you want to know recent sales in your immediate area, how long it took them to sell, what they originally listed for, what they sold for. And that is going to play a big part in terms of what you're going to list your home for initially. And remember, you get one chance to list your home correctly the first time. So that's it. After that, it's either uphill or downhill from there. So uh, remember, comps are super important. The agent you're working with should know your area like the back of their hand. They should know exactly what's going on in that area, what sold recently, how much it sold for, uh, and all the other things about those homes so that they could price your home compellingly 
to get as many people interested as possible as soon as you come on the market. That's how you hold up your price and very often go over your asking price. Okay, so now let's talk about competition. So as opposed to comps, which uh, I'm, I was more talking about homes that have sold and closed, the competition, what is on the market right now in your area? And that's going to impact your home as well. Is your neighbor's home on the market? How does your neighbor's home compare to your home? What do they have it list for, listed for? How long have they been on the market for? Is there anything that's, you know, extra distinguishable about their home that makes it uh, better or worse than your home or more attractive or less attractive than your home. And uh, this is also extremely important. And this is where, you know, agents come in and why it's important to work with an agent, you know, like, and trust you've been referred to, or you've interviewed and you feel comfortable with their pricing strategies and their marketing strategies. Remember, marketing is everything. Most real estate agents do not think like marketing agents. You need to be a marketing agent, not a listing agent. Anyone can throw up a listing on the market. You need to have a plan how you're going to market this property, how you're going to price it compellingly, and how you're going to get it sold for top dollar for your seller. So the competition and the homes on the market are going to have a lot to do with that. Um, so you want to keep that in mind, whether you're selling on your own for sale by owner, or whether you're selling with an agent that has to be top of mind on your agent's agenda. So timing number seven timing, you know, we used to have, we used to have like seasons, real estate selling seasons. Like it used to be slow around the holidays and then after the first of the year, it would start picking up a little in the second, third week in January. And then as we get closer to spring, it starts blowing up, right? And huge buyer demand always in the spring, lots more properties coming on the market. Um, you know, we don't have those real estate seasons anymore because we've had a lot of things going on in the real estate market. I mean, we've gone from 2% interest to 8% interest back down now to 6.5% interest or thereabouts, which is, you know, historically very not bad at all. I'm not going to say very good or what, not bad at all. 6.5% is a is a historically pretty decent uh, interest rate when you're buying a home. When I bought my first home 20 some odd years ago, I was at seven and a half percent. Didn't even think twice about it. But because people got so used to the two, three and four percents, you know, and then went up to eight percent, uh, even six and a half percent, if you're sitting on a four percent or three and a half percent mortgage, seems like a lot. So, and I understand that. Um, but in terms of buyer demand, buyer demand is through the roof right now. As soon as a lot of properties start coming on the market, it, uh, buyer demand is there. So if you're thinking about selling, trust me, buyer demand is out there. Uh, I just put a property on the market in Winfield, sold it for list price in 12 days. Um, and another property I sold in Homer Glen, put it on the market and sold it for $35,000 over list price in, uh, actually we sold that before it officially came on the market, uh, because somebody was super interested in it. So while it was in the private listing network and we were pre-marketing that property before it officially came on the market, um, that property sold. So that's the other reason why you want to price it compellingly, because a lot of people and your agent should be doing this uh, when you're pre-marketing the home before it officially comes on the MLS. Um, if you do this right, and if you price your home compellingly, and that doesn't mean way below market value, it just, it means don't overprice it. 
if you price your home compellingly, many people will give you a better offer than you're currently asking, uh, but you know, a better price than you're currently asking just simply because they want to avoid all the competition when it officially comes on the market. So there's a method to the madness and, uh, it's something you really want to keep in mind. So, uh, the timing of the, uh, which is where we were going with this whole thing, the timing when you put your house on the market, you know, it used to be winter, you know, is that a great time to put my house on the market? Is it a great time to put my house on the market right after the first of the year, right around the holidays? Keep something in mind. When people are out there looking for homes during those times, like I said, the holidays, the winter, back to school, during those times, they're serious. They're not out there looking if they're not serious and need to find something. So that's not always a bad time to put it on the market. You know, sometimes when you yang, when other people are yinning, uh, you win. So you want to keep that in mind. Uh, I'm not sure there is a good time or bad time to put your property on the market as long as you price it correctly. If you don't price it correctly, it doesn't matter when you put it on the market. And we'll get into that. All right, number eight. And remember, these aren't in any particular order of importance. They're just all important. This one is, is of course, important, and that is your motivation to sell. So what's your reason for selling? And uh, were you just transferred? Were you have to be in another state? at a specific on a specific date and you'd like to have your house sold by then well then you might really price your house competitive uh compellingly depending on the financial makeup of your your whole situation you know obviously that plays a big part in it but uh what is is there a financial necessity to sell are you are you underwater on your house are you uh, two payments behind on your mortgage? And, you know, once you get three payments behind the your your bank or your mortgage company, they're going to start down that foreclosure route and you're going to start getting letters from them. So if you want to avoid that because you're in a distressed situation, uh, there's a lot of things you can do. You can wholesale your house. We talked to Dane Laverty at Property Pals USA. Uh, and Dane's going to be a regular guest co-host on the show coming up uh, one Saturday every month. And he'll be joining us here on Wednesdays as well. But uh, there's Dane's company, Property Pals USA, has about five different scenarios where they can get you out of that home. And you will walk away with money in your pocket. So there's sometimes misconceptions about wholesaling. Um, but you know, it really matters what your motivation is to sell. So that's going to come into play too, in terms of how you're going to price your home. Now, this is important. What are, they're all important, but what are your home's unique selling points? Consider what sets your home apart from the other homes that you're in competition with that are currently on the market, but not under contract. People are going to be looking at that home when they're looking at your home, what sets your home apart. And one of the things you want to do when you're doing that walkthrough with the realtor that you're going to be working with is you want to point out things about your home that you love or you came to love about your home that maybe you weren't really keen on or, or noticed when you first bought the home. So you want to point out those special little things that are going to differentiate your home from the others that you're in competition with. And that could be any number of things. Uh, it could be uh, you just put all new, you, you know, HVAC, uh, you know, equipment in. You just put all new uh um, windows in. You recently had your roof done a few years ago. Uh, those are things, you know, big ticket items like that. Buyers love to hear when those have been done recently because they know 
they're probably not going to have to deal with those things. One thing that I suggest to a lot of people as well when they're selling is offer a home warranty to the buyer upfront. Put that in your language that, you know, this home comes with a one-year home warranty, especially when first-time home buyers are going to be looking at your home and you're in that range, that price range where first-time home buyers are often looking. And that's changed over the years. It used to be 300, you know, three to 400. Now it's more four to 500. Um, first-time home buyers love that sense of, uh, security that there's a home warranty on the home and that basically they're going to pay $125 service charge to get their air conditioner replaced if it broke down and is no longer workable and can't be repaired. So that's one of the ways that you can, uh, can limit a buyer's, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they're a little bit hesitant because, the roof is 15 years old, or maybe they're a little hesitant because your, your, uh, air conditioning unit is, uh, again, 12, 15 years old, uh, water, hot water tank, a home warranty lessens the contentious negotiation when it comes to the home inspection. And that's why getting a pre-listing home inspection is super uh, important, something that you might want to really consider when you're listing your home. Um, so again, your, your home's unique selling points. What are those? Make sure you point them out if you're selling your home on your own, when you're showing it to all the buyers that come through your home. And if you're selling it with an agent and you're using an agent to sell your home, which I suggest you do, uh, not because I'm an agent, just because I think it's the smart way to go. Um, and you're shifting accountability. That agent needs to know all of those things that are unique to your home. Um, okay. So professional appraisal. Okay. So this is, um, I've been doing this for 23 years, so I could pretty much price a home after doing a little bit of homework and get, and give you a range almost a hundred percent of the time that your house is going to sell for. Uh, and then it's just a matter of your motivation and how you want to approach this. Um, if I'm selling a million and a half dollar home or, uh, you know, a home in the upper echelons of price ranges, uh, I may suggest to that seller to get a professional appraisal for sale on your home. And even in some of the more bread and butter uh, price ranges from five to seven fifty. Believe it or not, seven fifty. We're we're now talking about that as a bread and butter price range, where we used to talk three fifty to four fifty tops. Uh, but um, it's not always a bad an idea to get a professional appraisal so that you can get that unbiased opinion, that objective opinion of what your home is worth in the current market compared to what has recently sold, uh, compared to what is currently on the market. But typically, the main thing they're looking at is what has sold recently in your marketplace. And uh, if you're living in a subdivision, they're going to first take a hard look at everything that has sold in your subdivision. Then if there have, hasn't been a lot of sales, they, they start widening that area they look in for comps. But typically, if you're in the city, they're going to look in your neighborhood. If you're in the suburb, they're going to look in. If you're living in the suburbs, they're going to look at the homes that have sold in your subdivision, if there's been enough homes sold. So all of these things are super important. And here's why. The longer, the longer you're on the market, the farther away you're getting from your list price. So if you overprice your home, 
you're going to linger on the market. And some, you know, if you're stuck on that price and you don't lower that price and 90 days later, without adjusting that price, you're still on the market, you're still not getting a lot of showings or you're getting a lot of showings, but no offers or you're getting low ball offers, you have just left money on the table. You do not want to overprice your home because the longer you're on the market, the farther away you're getting from your current list price. It is as simple as that. Now, the opposite of that is true as well. And this is my pricing strategy. You want to price your home compellingly. And what I mean by compellingly, it, I, I don't mean, excuse me, I don't mean you want to price your home under market value. What I mean is you want to price your home at market value or contrary to what I just said, just a tad under market value. So if the market value on your home is 510 and you price it at 499 or 500, guess what's going to happen? You're going to attract many, many more people when you first come on the market. And remember, when you first come on the market, your home has never been rejected for price, location, or condition. So everybody wants to see it. And if they like it, listen, What the way we do this is we price the home competitively and compellingly, and then we'll list it on a Tuesday but we won't actually launch it officially until our launch or our first open house on that Saturday or Sunday or even both of those days and give every buyer a chance to see it equally. So we may list it on Tuesday, launch it on Saturday for a two hour open house because we want as many people to show up at the same time during that open house as possible, because that is the social proof of how sought after your home is. And then it's just a matter of, did you stage your house correctly? Did you edit your house correctly? And by editing your house, I mean, did you take everything out of your house that you haven't used in the last six months? So like 80% of anything you haven't used in the last six months, you need to just remove from your house because you want to show as much square footage as possible. You want to show a nice flow to the house. Uh, you want to show a lot of counter space. So you want to just declutter and edit, 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 get rid of everything you don't currently use. Um, if you do that and you price your home correctly, there's a good chance that you are going to drive multiple offers, which means almost always you're going to go over your current list price your current asking price, whatever that might be. So that's, that's the, that's the secret sauce, getting as many people interested as possible in your home. When you first come on the market, when it's never been rejected for price location or condition and by pricing it compellingly, what I mean is right at market value or just a tad below market value. You want people to flock to your listing to see it when you first come on the market. Because let's put it this way. Let's say 15 people show up at our open house on Saturday, right? So 15 people show up and they all love your house, but actually only one person is ready to put an offer on your house. What do you think they're going to do after seeing those other 15 people at your house that all were walking around and ooing and eyeing and, and saying, hey, this is a great house. You know, it's not for everybody, but even if it's for that one person, they're, you know what they're going to remember? All the other buyers they saw at that open house. So you want to compress the, the time of your open house. You don't want to have three and four hour open houses. First of all, it's inconvenient for the seller. And secondly, you want to compress it because you want to get as many people there as possible at the same time. Super important to do that. Um, 
that is what's called social proof. And that is what puts in that one person's head that is really seriously thinking about making an offer. They're not going to think about it. They're going to go back to their office, their agent's office, or they're going to go back home if they're not working with an agent, which I would strongly suggest you don't do when buying a home. I would definitely work with an agent when you're buying a home. Um, you want to be represented. Listing agents do not represent buyers. It's as simple as that. I'm a listing agent. I'm a buyer's agent. When I sell a home, I am representing the seller and my job is to get them the highest price possible. Uh, what your agent, their job is to get you the best price possible, the fairest price possible. And the bottom line is like me and Dylan were talking, no deal comes together until both parties feel like they're getting a good deal. So keep those things in mind when pricing your home, price it compellingly and get as many people interested as possible. When you first come on the market again, when it's never been rejected for price location or condition and let the market take it from there. Because at the end of the day, do you know who sets the price for your home? The buyer, the person willing to buy it at whatever price they're willing to buy it for. So uh, keep all of these things in mind. They're super important. Um, having said that, if you want to get the book, the top tens of real estate, 32 proven top 10 real estate lists that will, I guarantee you will max out your profit, whether you're selling, buying, or investing. Chapter 32 is all about investing, how investors look at properties. I've invested in a lot of properties. I flipped a lot of properties. How do we look at those properties and come up with, yeah, that's an investable property. That's, that's something I, I'd move forward with. Uh, what's that 75% rule, 70% rule? And uh, how do you figure all that out? That's chapter 32. The one we just talked about was chapter 12. If you'd like, you can go to Anderson's Bookstore in Naperville and buy the book. You can go to any online, uh, you know, any of your online booksellers and buy the book. But if you'd like it for free, just text BOOK to 630-921-0611. 6309210611 just text book and i will send you a link to get a free copy of the ebook and believe me it will help you a lot um having said that i want to remind everybody that this saturday we have a very special guest coming on uh somebody i've actually known for quite a long time uh cliff capson of clip Cliff Capson Consulting. Say Cliff Capson Consulting 10 times in a row as fast as you can. Anyway, Cliff Capson of Cliff Capson Consulting will be on Saturday uh, when we broadcast live from WCPT, 8.20 a.m. And Cliff is one of the preeminent authorities when it comes to the exterior cladding of properties. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, EIFS, which is typically referred to as drive it stucco, which is kind of what drive it looks like, but it's not stucco, uh, brick, obviously. Um, and, and any other exterior cladding cliff is the guy you want to talk to when it comes to any questions you might have about a property you might be purchasing but you see some things that are throwing up some red flags uh especially when it comes to properties that are clad in drive it or eifs uh so chris uh cliff will be on saturday so be sure to tune in eight uh, nine a.m saturday we are broadcasting live at 8.20 a.m. And of course, we'll be streaming live as well. Um, what else? That's it, guys. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, remember, you can follow us on the Real Estate Radio Show podcast on Facebook. 
and uh, we are broadcasting live there all the time. We also broadcast live on LinkedIn and on YouTube as well. So uh, you guys have a great rest of the week. We will see you on Saturday. And keep in mind, I mean, it, we didn't get any comments or any questions today about anything we were talking about, but do keep in mind that when we are uh, broadcasting, we can take your questions, uh, concerns, you know, any comments live and respond to those in real time. So you guys have a great uh, rest of the week. We'll see you Saturday. Peace. Love you. Take care. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shagman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience.